What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Insurrection Inc. podcast. We want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Six Million Reconsidered podcast. Oh, Lord. I am one of your hosts, Stratty. Um, With us today, we have Porter, um, Monty. Total huge David Irving fan, big time reader, always telling you Stalin was the worst. And we got Jay, who's on the opposite side of that argument. Uh, Andrew will be joining us later today. Uh, Wait, I'm not the tanky here. That's Saturday. Porter. No, 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 no. Porter's no. the tanky. Yeah, Porter's the tanky. You're the Jew. You're the other Jew. Yeah, but so, so I'm not defending Stalin. No, you're not defending Stalin. It's just uh, Monty's over here trying to defend Hitler too much. But the way you made it seem like is like it's a binary. Like you support Hitler and don't support Stalin, or you support Stalin and you don't support Hitler. Oh, no, you just don't read David Irving. I don't read David Irving. (laughs) I I really don't want anybody to look this up. No, he's awesome. I recommend him. He's recommended me all his books. It's terrible. But uh, anyways... I'll start by saying, you know, it's, we've been trying to get a serious episode out for a bit. I believe y'all recorded one. I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been away <laughs> because of work and uh, with the Libertarian Party and all that. But happy to be joining y'all. So first thing after first, a shit show. Yeah. Oh my god! So I just saw who David first, Irving is. Oh god! Look at David Irving. <laughs> Bonnie's a huge David Irving fan. <laughs> Anyways, uh, don't even get me started. We'll I start can go on fire. Oh, Jesus no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I want to kill myself. All right. But anyway, much for a serious the, episode. The reason why we haven't been able to get a serious episode out. Well, we tried to record one uh, about, what, two or three days ago. We tried three times throughout the day. Uh, first time was delayed because Discord was just uh, messing up. Second the, time got every delayed. Discord for, server took a shit. Yeah. Yeah. The second time it got delayed, though, uh, <laughs> things were pretty crazy. Oh man. So, oh, um, what happened was we all decided to get on Google Hangouts, and on Google Hangouts it has the webcam option, correct? Uh huh. So right. Whenever I got on, you know, we were settling in. We were on for about, I'd say. Just a minute, maybe a minute or two, and just yeah, like finally get no more than like two or three minutes. Yeah, yeah. And we were getting still in, and then, uh, you know, behind me, out, out outside my window, I just hear, "Hey, I'm gonna kill that motherfucker." Uh, <laughs> you know, I you guys, you guys saw how shocked I was. You guys saw me jump up from my chair and open my window and look outside, and I was wondering what's up with this guy because I look down and I see a guy, and he's in my driveway yelling about killing someone. So, I, you know, all I asked him was, get off my fucking property. You know, get off, well, not my property, my parents, but get off the fucking property. And uh, he turns around and he looks at me and he, he says, uh, oh, 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 you fucking get off your property. I'll show you whose fucking house this is. And he just charges straight for the, um, the garage. So at that point, I, I, I run to the back, I yell, I run, I run to the back of uh, the room, which is leading to downstairs, and I yell downstairs, and I say, you know, I tell my dad to get his gun. At that point, one of y'all started recording, I think it was Andrew or Porter. I started recording first, yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, at that point, one of y'all started recording, 
And uh, I look back out, and the guy's running for my garage. So I say, oh, fuck, he's coming from my house, and he's threatening my family because uh, he was threatening me, and he was threatening the people inside the house, which is my family. And um, so I grab my knife. And uh, <laughs> uh, from then on, you know, all it is is really just a bunch of yelling and breaking up of the whatever's going on outside. They saw my knife and freaked the fuck out. Uh, was, as you know, pause for a second. There's an yeah. awesome screenshot from my video of Stratty standing out the window with his knife. It's a very big his, knife. Takes his glasses off to look at the guy. He's it's such a good it's such a good screenshot. We got some so good funny. memes out of it. <laughs> yeah, y'all be seeing these memes pretty soon. So, uh, <laughs> no, on that honestly, those memes are. Uh, Picking up what I was down, so thank the you. Only, the only Boogaloo side quest meme I'll ever make was that one with you. Thank you. Well, I'm honored. Uh, but um, really, it wasn't much after that, except for the fact that we found out it was a judge's son. <laughs> uh, 40, 40 year old a, son. Has a history with this, right? Yeah, he, he's notorious around town. I'll fucking name him. I don't care. Uh, Mark Shoebridge. He's a little kind. But he's famous around town just for being. Uh, you know, a piece of shit. Is he a crack and, addict or something? Yeah, he's got to be. I mean, um, everyone knows he's on something, and obviously that day he was on something with how he was acting. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was shirtless, all beat up. I guess he would got into a fight beforehand, and that's why he was out on the street yelling. I don't know who is. But uh, anyways, it, it got broken up. Nothing much after that. Uh, just, you know, a lot of shit going through my head because you know whenever shit happens that stuff tends to happen but y'all y'all were a big help for me and uh got me through and made me laugh so i really appreciate y'all appreciate y'all for that <laughs> but uh well, it would have been it would have like, been great had we been like totally like in the middle of an episode when that happened because i would love <laughs> to just release the episode that way <laughs> that would couldn't. be amazing <laughs> Well, yeah. the video does exist out there somewhere. So you can put, I don't care if what y'all puts the video out there for our <laughs> bonus there. content on the YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah. Bonus. I hope I make the fucking cover of this episode's podcast. <laughs> this episode's oh, you uh, will. cover art. That's a, I haven't made it yet. It, it, well. it, it's going to be the cover art, but um, we're fi- we're formally announcing that we're starting a Patreon. So uh, top paying members they get to see Stratty uh, <laughs> defend his property. First of all, uh, no, no, no. that better be a joke. What's the what's the Patreon going to be for a show with like, like four listeners? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to charge them like a hundred if we want to keep this <laughs> Patreon. If anybody wants to send some fan mail to the judge in particular, <laughs> his address. <laughs> His address is. Oh, bro! Come on! Wow! This is the soonest I've ever had to censor something in a podcast. Seven minutes in. <laughs> that might be my, my first censor in this things. podcast. That is your first censor, and that is also the record. This is like my second or third. So, first censor and the longest censor since I didn't censor anything <laughs> after hours episode. Well, we shoot for the top here, so <laughs> we, we do. We're we're heading for the top. We want the most censors in a libertarian podcast. All I that's what we win. want to be known. <laughs> Fucking Christ, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that was just and in that was an insane day, and it's like all of us were yeah. legitimately worried for you. 
Like no, we were no, legitimately worried. And I no, I don't really appreciate that. For a bit there, I was legitimately worried, but you know, uh, after like taking everything into consideration, the dude had no case against me, so I had really I should I should have uh, popped his ass. Been, yeah, that I would. I wish I had, but also I should have just been more mindful after everything had happened and realized, you know, I'm I'm in the right here, even if this fucking bureaucrat tries to uh, do anything against me with his power. We, you know, people saw, people were there. Obviously, I had digital witnesses, and y'all, uh, I was gonna be fine regardless, whatever they did to me. You got the whole city I'm behind just, you. Yeah, pretty fucking much. But uh, <laughs> plus your insurrection ink boys. <laughs> yeah, that, most importantly, his insurrection ink buddies. Hey, y'all were gonna travel down and break me out of jail. If it no, we were out of the insurrection ink group chat. We had like five of us willing to hop in the yeah. car as soon as you got to jail. Yeah. Oh, that would be me driving up because I'm the most, I'm the southernmost out of all of you. Yeah. Even like the insurrection ink, like just buddies, like people that aren't on the show, but we just they hang out in the chat. They were even willing to come fucking fight for me. So yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. Made me, but, made me feel really good. But if you, if you, dear listeners, would like to all donate money to us so we can uh, buy the Insurrection Inc. short bus, that would be great. Thank you. We did find a short bus. We did. <laughs> we were ready to make the Insurrection Inc. short bus, but it was like $2,000, and Andrew would have had been the one to like repair it all. Yeah, that's right. It was in a very my, shit condition. My brand new Twitter, um, at Mind Your Excuses, uh, <laughs> the bio says driver of the short bus. So <laughs> pretty proud and of what, that one. Oh, dude, I should put mine to guard of the short bus. <laughs> you are the guard of the short I bus. <laughs> I'll be a scribe of the short bus. Wait, who's who's the ones who sit in the back? Peter. Like, there was always, yeah, there was always those kids who sat in the back. Rosa Parks? You know who... <laughs> Johnny's going to be that weird kid that sits in the middle of the bus and, like, talks to everyone, <laughs> like, instigates shit, makes Monty fun of the driver. Did. No, no. Yeah, he... <laughs> No, no, he reaches over the back of the seat. He's that kid from the Polar Express memes. He's like, a- a- actually, Battle Star Galactica is the best like the show. <laughs> but I would no, also like voice, to take... No, his voice well, is way voice too better than that. Yeah, it's better than that. But I would like to take a second to uh, point out that Stratty almost one man started the enormous thermo-insular block of ice house event. Because <laughs> if you would have kicked it off, then we would have kicked it off, and then it's more than just a boogaloo Clyde. Now you have suddenly us and all of our Instagram following possibly kicking shit off. So, um, thank you for <laughs> yeah. not starting that. I would rather not have been in that, but none of us even call ourselves the... boogaloo boys. Yeah. <laughs> roll out. Yeah. <laughs> you you ride or die. That's how it goes in Insurrection Inc. And by ride or die, I mean you make memes about your friend who almost got arrested. Right, we release a video. It's just me wearing a fucking uh, ski mask in front of a camera talking to Mike Wettles with his voice is about, this is what will happen if you do not. <laughs> no, dude, there's the thick boog line behind you, Flag. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> I could totally see Stratty in a Hawaiian shirt, just like casually, not even a oh, yeah. message. I used to, no, I used to wear. If you if you look down on my Instagram, uh, all throughout high school, I either wore jerseys or Hawaiian T-shirts, like floral shirts and shit, just yeah, because that's what at, I like to wear. If you look in Stratty's Facebook, there is him in a sports jersey and a MAGA hat. Oh yeah, like in twenty pictures. Yeah, clean shaven too. You were so much more clean cut back then. 
Now yeah. you look like a dirty fucking hippie. Yep. That's pretty much been my uh, evolution as a man. Yeah, Stratty is probably Stratty's the most scraggly looking out of all of us. It's like oh, Stratty, Peter. Uh, Peter doesn't even look that bad. I mean, really, like Peter. If, if, that's, if that's how it goes, it goes me and Peter. Then that's a huge fucking gap I, between I, me I and pray, Peter. I pray to God, and none of our listeners ever see any of those creepy photos Peter sends. No, we're making one of those the episode art eventually. Oh my god, dude, no. We'll cover his face. That's the worst part, but <laughs> we're gonna edit a paper bag over it. Oh uh, did we ever address though what happened to Menace? Why he quit the show? Uh, we wanted to, but it got oh, yeah. cut out of the show because the server dropped. Uh Menace sadly oh, went that, yeah. and he yeah, Menace, he, he quit the show because after the Sasquatch episode, he got really obsessed with Sasquatches. And it was all he would talk about. And it was getting really bad. So now he just moved out to the woods. I don't know if it's in the east or the northwest or whatever. He didn't say. But he was off to look for a Sasquatch colony to um, get those sweet, sweet Sasquatch handjobs. But the good news is Menace has left, but we have replaced him with almost immediately with a guy named Andrew, who's going to be coming on later in a little bit. And he is very conveniently also from Alabama, very close to where Menace is from, has the same accent, same sense of humor, same voice. And they look the same. We've seen photos of both. They look the same. We basically found his doppelganger to replace him. So I think we found a very good fit. Yeah, it's crazy how fast that happened. Yeah. That being said, uh, I really do hope. Instantly. Yeah, I really do hope that uh, Menace does find his Sasquatches, though. Because if he comes back empty-handed and full-nutted, I don't know, man. Empty-handed and full-nutted. <laughs> and Menace is always welcome back. It's just, you know, other than the whole going off the rails with Sasquatch thing, he was always just a problem behind the scenes. And, you know, I love yeah. the guy, and I'm always willing to work with him, but I just want yeah, him he to... And, he and you had a lot of drama. Yeah, a lot I, of head-to-head. Yeah. But you know what? That's the past, and I just... I want him to get better, and I would like for him to one day return to the show. But if it doesn't happen, I understand. Yeah, like, uh, just, man, the things that you two would debate over, it was just insane. Like, you know, you were firm on a stance that traps are gay, and he just kept – he got really salty about that one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Something about, you know, just the – He's dating a thin boy. What do you expect? I need a second hold. Oh, God, this is the <laughs> dumbest bit we've ever done for this show. Okay. Can we move on from Menace then? Like he yeah, he's done. He's done. Yeah, we- <laughs> Good riddance. Okay, so, uh, Monty, you, you had something today that was very, was knowing you a lot that you wanted to uh, talk about for yeah. a second, right? I think I'm going to have to comment on this too, but go ahead. Yeah, I think it wasn't, uh, it clearly took a huge chunk out of my day, waste of time. Just people. <laughs> Two, like in the literal sense, are uh, autistic. Like, that's not an insult, but just dense. <laughs> what do you want me to talk about? Um, I don't just run us through like what happened. <laughs> and, and don't don't read the screenshots. Just like give us the gist. Yeah. So he was just as part of it was arguing about they uh if uh. You know how, like, most ANCAPs don't think of algorithm as its own ideology. Yeah. Yeah, so they uh, 
they fail to realize that. Yeah, it was pretty stupid like that. I think like, one of them claimed like agorism necessarily believes that like all wage labor is evil yeah, or exactly. something like that. <laughs> okay, here's my take on that from the token agorist on the show. Um, Wait, you're an agorist? I thought you were a communist. We've gone over this. This is coming full circle. You started calling me a communist because you said Agorism was left libertarian. <laughs> I can't okay. keep my story straight, okay? I gotta slander you somehow. You're not even drunk right now. It's I like wish. The, it's like the first in three episodes. Oh, hey! <laughs> well, actually, no, in order that this game released, you're right. <laughs> um, well, Shit. so I think Agorism is best understood as the philosophy of a strategy. So in that sense, it is its own philosophy, but it's compatible with other ones. It's like I, I also still refer to myself as an anarcho-capitalist um, and free market anarchist. I, I use the terms yeah. kind of interchangeably. Um, and right. I, But I also call myself an agorist at the same time because I think agorism is a philosophy of how to achieve anarcho-capitalism or whatever you want to call it. And these guys seem to think agorism is the end goal, and I'm not sure that's accurate. I don't, I don't think that yeah. that's what agorism is really supposed to mean, even in Konkin's sense. And to address the wage labor thing, that, that definitely comes from Konkin, because he was not a fan of wage labor. I don't know if he explicitly promoted the um, labor theory of value. I don't think he did. But I also honestly haven't read enough Konkin to know that for sure. Um, yeah, exactly. As I as I said before, I came from the Hessian side of agorism, and that alone in the Carl Hess tradition. Yeah, the and, difference between Hess and Konkin, like that alone, is a difference. That right, very big definitely difference. for sure. <laughs> but um, the the claim that agorists must oppose must oppose wage labor, I don't think is accurate because I've explained this to um to Monty before, and kind of my opinion on it is that I don't think Konkin has uh full claim over the, the term agorism. One, because terms can change over time. Exactly. And that's why I was trying to explain that. Right. Yeah, you, that's why I referenced that. And two, because the way he defined agorism doesn't necessarily include a judgment on wage labor. He, he defined it as the use of counter-economics to achieve a stateless society or a free society. Uh, and, and agorism is the philosophy uh, the belief that is that that strategy is the best one or the most consistent. And I do agree with that. But Konkin's opposition to wage labor, I think, falls outside of that definition. That's kind of like an auxiliary, auxiliary opinion of his that doesn't necessarily fit into the definition of agorism. So you can be an agorist and oppose, oppose wage labor, although I think it's inconsistent for other reasons. But being an, being an agorist doesn't necessarily mean you oppose wage labor. Uh, that's where I think they got that wrong, the guys you were arguing with. Yeah, and later on, one of them talked about uh, the class theory and how that uh, that makes it its own ideology, too. Like, it's totally weak... separate from NCAP. It's such a weak class theory, though. Like, it's not even really yeah, and I was class just, theory. I was just saying it has a different... Like, if you ask an NCAP, they're going to give you more of a... It's more... Like, they're going to drop the ideological stuff about the class theory and the uh, wage labor stuff. And they're going to focus on the counter-economics. Well, even, even Rothbard had a class theory, and yeah. Conkins was actually similar to this. They weren't exactly the same, obviously. But even Rothbard, I... in like Anatomy of the State, des describes 
you know, the state as one class, the court intellectuals as kind of the class below them that are associated with the state. And then there's the voluntary productive class. That's everyone else. Yeah. So. Oh, wait, I really want to say, though, that I do like how Porter explains agorism because I think that's most people just don't see it that way. Um, I think if most people do come at it the way, well, maybe not most, I shouldn't say most, but I think most of the people that come into agorism thinking they are an agorist right off the bat, they do believe in what that one guy that, you know, uh, Monty talked with. I think they are on that same track. But the way Porter explained it, I think, is the way agorism is and is the way, um, are, are the kind of agorists that are we are able to work with uh, as ANCAPs. But Porter, I have one question. Wasn't it me that introduced you to that term, uh, free market anarchism? Because I, I remember we had a uh, conversation about this one night. Actually, that um, that sprung up kind of because I was exploring terms that uh, I thought were that were better than anarcho-capitalism, <laughs> like for rhetorical purposes. And so I yeah. put it on my story and you slid up. So you weren't the one who introduced me to it. That's right, that's uh, right, that's right. You influenced my thoughts on it because we had a good discussion. Yeah, you're right. That was one of the first times I talked to you on Instagram. Yeah, that was because I remember I remember I was uh, riding home from like a vacation and or something like that. We talked for quite a bit and I remember talking about how I adopted that term because Lou Rockwell used it as a way of uh, working with other people who may be just turned off by the term anarcho-capitalism because capitalism is such a loaded term. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Porter helped me realize that uh, my my ideal ideology can come to fruition. So I introduce you all to hoppy and agorism. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna piss off so many people. Oh, I hope I do. Yeah, I hope like... I do. <laughs> well, I've, I've gotten pissed at other agorists and like started to unironically lean towards that term. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's unironically a good term though, but what's up Monty? Well, I was just going to, speaking of what works in convincing people, I think we should just quickly say, if you want any hope at all of convincing someone, there are things you shouldn't do. Uh, anyone have any? What you well, should. You want to start? Because I think <laughs> yeah. some people you What you shouldn't do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, I think you should start Monty. Uh, I think you need to not be so dense. Uh, that is pretty vague, <laughs> but... Oh, you have to be open to conversation. Yeah, exactly. And you uh, can't... You can't pull a Jeffrey Tucker and just call him a fascist. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, I like I like Tucker's economics, but when it comes yeah. to social shit, he is just bad. And the comments, I saw, I looked it up because I wanted to watch it, and the comment section was just like, not happy with it. It, it was a bad look. No. It's a horrible look. And, I mean, his and Richard Spencer. Are- uh, he, he's easy to make fun of. Like He's yeah. easy to debunk. Like, yeah. no, you, you could have... In that five-minute span of that video, you could have. Oh yeah, but yeah, no, and I, I mean, when it comes to economics, I like, I like Tucker, and I think he's a really good voice for crypto too. But then the second he starts, he should not open his mouth about social shit because he's just not good at it. And I mean, he makes himself such a stereotype because okay, he's this but... very uh, lispy dude who drives a Honda S two thousand convertible and reads about fascists. What is that going <laughs> to insinuate about him? Dude, don't get okay, two Ks. Those are kind of cool cars. And, and Jay, they favorite, have, but they're they are notorious for hairdressers. So Jay, I gotta <laughs> argue something. though that it's more important that he's right on the economic issues. And I get where you're coming from about how he may feel about the social how you may feel about his uh, stance on social issues. Well, I didn't mean to go down this whole route. Yeah. Even if you <laughs> uh, disagree, I, we're, we're here now, so let's just clear it up. 
But even if you disagree about like the the social side of it, you have to at least give him credit on the fact that he may oh, approach these things with the right idea because he's so right on the economics. Oh, of side course. No, like like I said, like I love his economics. And yeah. it doesn't make him any worse of a person because I might disagree. I I don't even know where I disagree with him socially. I just know there's some things that I do and I don't like the way he approaches it. I don't think that makes him a worse economist or anything. I still think he's a very good economist and a very good voice for crypto and a very yeah. good voice for anarcho-capitalism. I just think he would be a stronger voice if he focused on what's strong for him and not what's not what's instead of what's weak for him, which is his social stances. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Anyway, yeah, like same way, same way Milton Friedman should have focused on the stuff he was writing about before capitalism and freedom. Yeah, because not not the monetarist shit. <laughs> like on a real quick. Uh, just small, quick rant. I wish more Austrians would give Milton Friedman's stuff a chance because he was right on so many issues. It's just so much of his work focuses on the issues he was not right about. So, And a lot of it is also utilitarian. Well, Austrians yeah. are very deontological, so it makes sense that we're a little bit more averse to him. Yeah, but I still, talk, I recognize, talk his, about, I recognize the contributions, but it's... Yeah. But as Amani was talking about not being dense, I think part of not being dense is listening to those other libertarian voices. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he does a good job for converting people. I just think he's not a final oh, star. Yeah, for sure. There's so many videos out there on YouTube, even. That's almost good things. He actually predicted yeah. cryptocurrency in the 90s. So, you know, give him credit where credit is due. He did, he did a lot of good stuff. And he's a good way to, he's a good, uh, what's the word? A gateway drug to libertarianism, along with like and Hayek. And regardless of how much Austrians try to frame him as a Keynesian or a, a big-time monetarist guy, which I, I understand he is, he was not in favor of the Federal Reserve. And people need to get that through their fucking heads. No, he wasn't a fan of it. But when like you have the strong opposition that's saying abolish the Fed, and then you have him saying, yeah. well, while we have it, we might as well make them you know, work well. And yeah. it's, that's the difference. It's like, I agree. And I, like, I uh, yeah. Who was it? I was, was I... No, I was discussing it with uh, Porter's friend, Isaac, that, like, what should be the role of the state, like, police and all that, like, while they're here, should they be doing the best that they can, or should they be as weak and as inefficient as they can be? I think they should be as weak and inefficient, so we have more reason to get off of them. And see, that's funny, because this is this is more like uh, talking about public property thing. I may have been talking about it with y'all. I, I, I can't remember, but I'll we just talk, say... We talk all, a lot. I don't know, man. Yeah. So I'll just say it real quick, just for this sake. But when it comes to public property, I'm obviously very anti-public property. But my thing is, as long as we have public property, why doesn't the government truly let it belong to the public? Like, why do they put these... Uh, like, I'm sure you've seen it. You live in a big city, Jay. Uh, where they put the spikes on benches or they uh, police will come by late at night with even hoses and spray down homeless people to get them to leave areas on public property. So my thing is, I'm, I'm anti-public property, but as long as we have public property, why not let the homeless people live there so they stay away from private property? But instead, the government lets, peop let lets these homeless people invade private property and they keep them off their public property. To me, that's just self-defeating. That just contradicts the whole purpose of private, public property, and it shows how inefficient the state is. Strider, are you sure you want to bring up homeless people again on this show? Strider, are you defending no homeless knows. people? <laughs> I am in the sense that the I am in the sense that the government tries to act like they're serving them, but it's like they never do. Yeah, in uh, all seriousness, 
Was it San Francisco where the cops were forcing uh, people to allow them on their property? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. just so that backwards. San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, but even like in Albuquerque, I was in Albuquerque last week, and there's benches that have spikes on them to keep the homeless people from sleeping on them. Yeah. Yeah, Albuquerque also tries to act like a big city that cares about the homeless people. And, it, and to that, you know, that just shows me how inefficient – uh, how contradicting and how big of a liar the state is as a whole is the fact that they don't really make public property for the public. No, I agree with you there. But, you know, again, I'll go to that. That's a question of should the state be weak, incapable and uh, inefficient or should it be very efficient and very capable while we have it until we get rid of it. I think I think it that, depends on. I, but I think in that case, like the state putting shit on public property is not them being inefficient or incapable that's them being very capable and efficient in defending their own property i think that they should be weak and incapable which means no spikes under underpasses and no bars on benches and all that yeah but uh yeah back to the topic at hand very good tangent though uh yeah i think if we want to convince people things you should not do is uh definitely smash them over the head with human action and really brainy arguments <laughs> yeah. like you shouldn't overwhelm them with logic and economics you should be trying to like hold their hand and guide them somewhere yeah not uh just blue just throw this gish gallop yeah. at them like an ad cap bench appear and drop the pretentious stuff because you're not oh, yeah. the you know those few people that could yeah. be that way and they're not they're some of the most humble people like rothbard you know he and so yeah. you're not you're not even on the same level as that, and even they recognize. Their yeah, we all know who we're, yeah. we all know yeah. who we're talking about with this one, but definitely yeah. don't throw these giant brainy words at people. Yeah, that there's a few people on Instagram that do Is that. This fucking name of man cap society. Come on now, everyone. Well, on the we were thinking of someone. Bitch. I was thinking of you, people actually. We were thinking oh, someone well, else, thinking but yeah. When you say that, well, no, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was thinking of man cap society too. But I know you're thinking of uh, your your buddy. <laughs> But no, like, just don't throw these big words at people. Make it easy for them and try to hold their hand and guide them somewhere gently so they don't get scared away. Like, be, yeah, and it's like, be patient. Who, be who, patient. Who are they appealing to? Because you're not, the academic is going to not find that coherent either. Because I, no. you know, when I'm reading that, I'm not an academic, but it's still not, you know, at a college reading level, it's still just kind of a mess of words. Yeah, Being as clear it's and like simple phd major stuff <laughs> putting extra work fluff in there so you can get the word count up <laughs> and sometimes if like you're gonna say something that people don't know make, make sure to explain it like i like to bring up economies and diseconomies of scale but i make sure to explain it to the person i'm talking to instead of just throwing those words at them and expecting them to know what it is yeah and that's important and you know in that way you kind of set what they're you set the definition yeah, so don't just don't use these big words. Don't confuse them, and don't don't be a pretentious dick. Like just like you said, don't be pretentious. Nobody, yeah, people hate pretentious. They think it's fake, and they smell. Yeah, from and a mile they, away. yeah, exactly. Be genuine. Be nice. Be friendly. And and just be patient. Be very patient. Did I? All right. Well, the last thing we were talking <laughs> about today was uh, the coronavirus. Got some updates yeah. on that. I don't know when Andrew's getting here. So the Chinese virus. I prefer to term the Wu flu, actually. Because <laughs> I think that flows very well. It flows better than, like, Kung flu. 
the Wu flu sounds it sounds hip. It sounds cool. And marketing no, Wu, guys, marketing coronavirus. Like don't you see the people on Twitter? They're saying China did a wonderful job. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, you contain the infection by welding people into their apartment. Yeah, you wait a month after it first gets found out to tell everyone about it, and then you start uh, killing people and welding them shut. Or, or you do it like Italy, you know? You uh, have a socialized healthcare system that can't keep up <laughs> with the demand, and then you lock old people in their apartments tell them to get fucked, and you'll let them die, and you'll let their partners be around an infection-ridden corpse for a couple of days. Well, at least... I mean, China did that, too. At least it was free. <laughs> Wait, the state gets to choose yeah. who lives or dies, but it's free. Yeah, who who did that, Porter? China did that too. Oh yeah, of course. But for, for it's one thing for an authoritarian hellhole like China to do it. It's another thing for a supposed civilized Western nation like Italy to do that. Yeah, all that civilized society that your taxes paid for. <laughs> and that's not the first time we've seen a healthcare uh, choose who lives or die. Like Brit the British healthcare service did that with that uh, little kid. They refused oh, yeah, to let him. Yeah, so it was worse because they decided. For, yeah, exactly. Like, for the parents, they were like, yeah. "No, we're taking them off the life." Yeah, they own the kids. They own, you know. Yeah, yeah, and isn't that so fucking scary that like a national healthcare system just owns you? They decide yeah. without your consent what happens to you. Get them. Get your kid out of public school. Get them out of anything you can. That is terrifying. the state. Yeah, exactly. Well, I saw a tweet today where it was like making fun of these people, and it's like. All of you that were making fun of preppers and homeschoolers, well, guess what? Now you're both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good, yeah. I've been way more active on Twitter. Make sure to follow my Twitter, Porter's Twitter, and the podcast Twitter. It's all in the description. It's golden content. My 1 a.m. tweets on the uh, Insurrection Inc. Twitter are beautiful. And your uh, tweet on the ADL got... That was funny. <laughs> did yeah. I? I did. You already talked about it. Yeah, you... I did? Yeah, Wait, I did. did you... Was it the one that got taken? I did talk about it. Okay. I think I talked about day. it in the gun episode. Yeah, so... Yeah. yeah. But that, that was art. That was fucking art. You guys are gonna have to wait like a week to see that one, but it was <laughs> it was art. It, actually, if you follow my Instagram, you probably saw it on my story, so it's all of you to listen. But, no, dude, it's crazy how much shit has happened like since the last time we talked about coronavirus on this show. Because when we talked about it, like, the death rates in the West were still very low. Uh, there was not any talk of like quarantines. New York City wasn't going to shut down for a couple of weeks. It's in every U.S. state now. I believe even West Virginia. Yeah, they yeah. had their first case. The and a senator market. was like, <laughs> "Yeah, the stock market the Dow's below 20k." And it's yeah. like a senator in West Virginia, a state senator. I think he was like, "We should not be happy that we don't have a cases yet. We just haven't tested." <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. But uh, I hope the Dow keeps falling. Yeah, oh, yeah, it will. Still not Trudeau's bottom. wife didn't have uh, coronavirus. Bullshit. Oh yeah, the Canada-U.S. border yeah. mutually. <laughs> the Mexico border. Mexico shut their own yeah. border to the U.S. Trump finally did it for DHS. <laughs> no, no, now he's pissed that they. Now he's pissed that they shut the border down. It had to <laughs> he be him Mexico doing. Mexico closed the border and they paid for it. <laughs> Dude, he should be happy about that. Actually, what the hell? Can't stop winning. <laughs> it is crazy it's the crypto market man i was watching that shit like real time last at the beginning of last week it like dropped from 8.9 to like 7.7 .7, and it was just there for a couple of days and then from 7.7 .7 over the span of 24 hours or like a little over 24 hours it went down to 3.9k bitcoin that's Bruh. the first time in over a year 
or actually roughly a year that was in the 3000 range, which is insane. Now there's some conspiracies about how that happened. Actually. I heard some people floating around to like some Chinese whales that ha- held a lot of crypto. Cause there's like these mining farms over in China, like operated by children where they're just mining Bitcoin 24 seven. It's crazy. So some people were speculating that like a bunch of Chinese whales just jump bit, dump Bitcoin on the market to get a price down. Wait, which, you mean they have child slave Bitcoin farms? Yes. That's like peak and cap straw man. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's child Bitcoin sweatshops. It's insane. So some people were speculating that the whales dropped it, dumped it on the market to drop the price, which makes sense because after it hit 3.9K in an hour, it almost went up $2,000 again. So, I mean, it was an insane night. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was natural. Maybe it wasn't. I know that I bought the dip. I bought like $4,500 worth of crypto that night. And I've been doing a lot of shopping in the last week. And let me tell you, it's like Mad Max in the fucking supermarkets. It's- Are you uh, carrying around stain striped? <laughs> no, I, because I, there's no constitutional care in Florida. And uh, now is the. Uh, who cares? Well, you know, right now, it's constitutional I get carry to... everywhere if you're not a pussy. <laughs> you know, that's all fine and dandy until uh, the guy tw- doesn't have a gun. Yeah, yeah, it's all fine and dandy until 20 years of my life are stripped away for uh, shooting in self-defense. So, uh, you know, if I can stay out of prison by paying $200, I think I would rather stay out of prison. I've been coasting to Florida because of constitutional carry state, but there's been no news on that. That uh, they was supposed to get signed in this year, but I don't know what happened. Uh, I've had a knife on me the whole time. I spent three days sharpening a knife with a coffee mug. And uh, now it's sharp enough to use. It's been crazy in there, though. You could see through the whole toilet paper aisle in Walmart. Get up. Can we talk about price gouging laws real quick? Yes, we can. Please. Go right ahead. You take it from here. All right. So, yeah, I reposted one of my old posts that I posted during hurricane season last year about uh, price gouging. It's like the... Um, it's a screenshot from The Simpsons. It's like price gouging is immoral. And then Homer corrects like price. No, price gouging laws are immoral. And <laughs> I got a whole bunch of angry people in my comments because of that. And uh, Peter, although he couldn't be on here today, also posted some uh, price gouging memes lately and got some of the same attention. And uh, let's just break this down for people real quick. If demand shoots up and supply is relatively the same. It, obviously, if, if demand shoots up for long enough, then supply can catch up. But, you know, if you get a massive demand shock like this, like we've had for toilet paper, <laughs> then if you don't let price rise, then people just buy all of that at the low price because they're, they're willing to pay, you know, for lots of toilet paper at once. If price is allowed to rise, then people are disincentivized from buying a lot because it's a lot more expensive all of a sudden. And also at the same time, higher prices incentivize that higher supply. So suppliers, you know, redirect resources towards mm-hmm. it. New entrepreneurs get in the way, stuff like that. Try to, you know, direct even more resources to producing toilet paper or hand sanitizer or whatever it might yeah. be. And then that brings the price down because of all the new entrepreneurs in the market. Right. It reaches a new equilibrium. Well, equilibrium is not real, but... Well, it heads towards a new equilibrium. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, theoretically real. Yeah, yeah. We never reach it. Yeah. Um, some people have suggested stores limiting the number that you can buy as a response to this. And that sort of halfway works, but it doesn't create the same incentive for suppliers. 
So you're still going to get shortages. Also, there are ways around that. People are going to just come multiple times. Or if people are willing to pay for it at the lower prices, like mm -hmm. the forcibly lower prices, they can just hire more people to go buy for them, you know? Or if they have um, friends or something. On, on that right. border, uh, here in Miami, a woman in Costco assaulted a police officer because he tried stopping her from getting more toilet paper than she was allowed to. Right, it causes unnecessary <laughs> conflict, too. I and mean, then... on a cop, is it unnecessary? <laughs> okay. No, not necessarily. It's justified. <laughs> but say if she assaulted a, a store employee or something, same thing. Yeah. Um, and then also it doesn't provide the same incentive to suppliers. They don't get that same price signal, which is invaluable in a market. Yeah, and realistically, uh, it wouldn't be that just every roll of toilet paper is $100. The way that a store would do it is like, okay, the first pack is very normal, and then the next pack is a little bit higher, and then your third pack is like $100. So suddenly you have a lot more supply in the store. Right, and one more thing I need to address is people have been criticizing the people who went out early. Like there's a guy who went out on <laughs> yeah. March 5th or something and bought just all the hand sanitizer he could from his local Costco's within like a 30 mile radius and then tried to resell it online. And like legal authorities stepped in to stop him. Um, Amazon yeah. like barred him from selling things like that. And they said he was evil. Even, even people who generally said that price gouging laws were bad still said that what he was doing was immoral. And I don't think that's the case. I think he was uh, responding to demand earlier than the stores did. He saw a profit opportunity and therefore allocated those resources more efficiently than the stores with the yeah. profit incentive guiding yeah. him. Yeah, I don't think that's immoral. That's just how the market works. And he'll help yeah. the response happen quicker. Now that, you know, the sooner the price right. raises. Yeah. Right. When, and, he uh, ra when he raises his prices like that, what he does is um, make sure that he does basically the same thing uh, that the price gouging laws would normally prevent. He makes sure that the yeah. supply is available for longer at the trade-off of paying a premium, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. overall, more people get it. More people have access to it for longer. You know? And in yeah. the end, no one's forcing you to buy it. So if you do buy it, you are you must value yeah. it more than what you're giving up. Yeah, you're saying right. that you really demonstrated need. preference. Yeah. But uh, from Twitter today, so, speak, exactly about that guy, uh, Pete Quinones retweeted this guy, that's uh, shit-talking the guy. And the guy says, this is hashtag libertarianism 101. For the good, keep in mind, this is what they call the free market efficiency, assigning slash supplying goods, and then profit off of misery. Hope he pays a fine worth more than he could have generated via sales. So I responded, profit off misery? You mean read the market signal, stock up, and then have the available resources for premium like what's worse fighting over the last bottle of purell at a walmart paying 20 dollars for a bottle yeah and would you rather pay 20 dollars for a bottle 20 dollars more or or uh, like have a karen come in buy all of them because she got there first yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i mean if it was up to me and, i'm not i'm not worrying about this shit so i'm i wouldn't pay 20 fucking dollars for a bottle of purell yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. and the bullshit. difference is the karen isn't planning to resell it like, no, it's not the same. Yeah, no. Karen is planning on stalking yeah. it for her precious yeah. little shit angels. Braden, Aiden, Jaden, and Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> got right. Yeah. Uh, we got Andrew here now. So, uh, you wanna you wanna unmute yourself and say hi, buddy? Big chilling. Welcome. <laughs> so, uh, right now we're talking about coronavirus. Yeah. What's it like? What, what's it been like over up in Alabama regarding uh, coronavirus? Because I know you've had a. Uh, Seen the ups and the downs, right? 
Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, in my town alone, there's a very big contrast to what's going on. Um, in the strip mall, or just in Walmart, Walmart by itself is the chaos zone. Yep. Uh, everything else is like nothing ever happened. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, no. it's the same people. It's not like there's new, like every time I walk in there just to watch people buy stuff because it's fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, people watch all the time. It's so much fun. Uh, it's the same people every time. It's not like it's new people coming in and doing it. So there's new people getting stocking up on stuff. It's people coming back every day as early as possible to get the same stuff over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which um, goes back to the price gouging thing. <laughs> exactly. Like right. other the people need to rise. These people couldn't do this ridiculous buying spree. Like they things. do it every single day. Like because like Walmart closes at eleven, opens back up at six a.m. Every single day they're there buying the same stuff over again. And if there was price Are gouging... Are you there at 6 a.m. to go watch them? No, but I know it's the same people because every time I walk in, it, I, it's about the same time every day and it's the same people I saw this the last time. So I just assume there's a pattern. Okay. That's and if you good. had price gouging, the disease would spread less because then you wouldn't have all these people in a giant fucking Petri dish called Walmart ass to ass fighting over fucking toilet paper and hand sanitizer and canned beans. I don't know. Them exactly. baked bean, Bush's baked beans could be kind of nice though. They do. Okay, but outside of Walmart, it's actually very nice. Um, I've, I've never se- I posted on Twitter the other day. Uh, I've never seen my neighborhood or town this active. It's amazing. Like people are actually at the park having fun. People are yep. in my neighborhood walking around the lake in our neighborhood. Uh, we 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 got just people are doing stuff. Of course, now they've shut down restaurants in my county and the surrounding counties because we've had a lot of c- confirmed cases come out of uh, local schools. But people are still going to the restaurants. Like, not only that, they're going to the drive-thrus because the drive-thrus are still open. Mm-hmm. Going to the drive-thrus and then taking it to the park and having a picnic. Whole families <laughs> is, are doing that. This. Is awesome. It, it's great. It's a lovely sight. Like that's this, so wholesome. Yeah, it is. And nobody's fighting a virus every fun. year. People are walking the dogs. <laughs> I, I don't want to go through this again, man. Give me another ten years. No, no. Give it every. What becomes Think a recurring thing? People buy. would be using it. <laughs> Think of all the crypto. <laughs> oh um, man. But no, dude, same here. My, my local park, I'm going every day to walk my dog. And like any time of the day, it is full of people, which never happens. Yeah, like the dog park that was built by the local Boy Scout troop uh, had never been used until this last two weeks. Like I used it and like one of my friends used it. But other than that, nobody ever used it. Now there's dogs there all the time playing with each other. It helped. The virus is helping the dogs too, guys. It's good. My dog, my dog would not play with other dogs. <laughs> you got to ease them into it. My dog was very socially um, inept. Until these last couple of weeks, when I actually introduced it to other dogs, now it's like and it, it has identity or attachment issues when it's away from other dogs. It gets sad. <laughs> My dog, she's okay with some. She's very picky. Like out of nowhere, there'll be one dog that she likes and wants to play with in the park, and then every other dog she wants to maul to death. Yeah, so, no, my dog has gone from barking at every single dog that walks by to only barking back at dogs that bark at me first. Like I'll see puppy, like new new puppies that the neighbors get all the time walking around our neighborhood. And the, their dog will bark at me because they haven't trained it right. And then my dog will be like, bark at it. But other dogs, it's like, hey, what's up, dog? It's popping. <laughs> what's, what's up, dog? <laughs> Big chilling, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, dude, it's, you got a point here. Like, it's absolutely insane. Though. Like, you go to the epicenters, like uh, your local supermarkets, Walmarts and all that, and it's like a post-apocalypse. And then you go out on the streets, streets are empty, but then you go to like the fucking local park or something, and everyone is out there enjoying the day. Oh, something else I saw. This is unrelated to what the wholesomeness but it's still pretty awesome 
Um, I was watching Fox News. Lord forgive me. Um, <laughs> but the headline, I didn't watch the whole segment. I just watched it before it cut to commercial. Um, they were going, they were about to talk about how much ammo and guns people are buying. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, Palmetto State Armory near me uh, had to close down. <laughs> hey, oh, they still got me my magazines in the mail, so. Yeah, that's that sportsman guy is still waiting for my 200 rounds. But I can <laughs> confirm that I went to a gun. I went to a gun shop today to uh, pick up some more rounds. I got 200 rounds of nine millimeter and 100 rounds of five five six because I got 200 coming in the mail. And there was like number one, they were like regulating how many people can come in, so it's at a normal capacity. People can keep a distance from each other, so nothing spreads. And you had people like waiting outside there to pick up their first gun. There was a whole line of people just there to buy a gun. <laughs> And that there were some great. people there through the range, and then there was us like waiting to get ammo. It was hey, not pleasant having to wait out in the sun in the middle of the day, but whatever. Hey, I think this is an overall good thing, though. Oh, Even is. though there's people getting your guns for their first time, once the government tries to come in and take their rights away from owning the thing they just bought, it's like taking a child, like taking a, going up to a child and taking away their brand new toy. They're going to yep. cry and whine and punch and bite you. Oh, yeah. It's been a red pill. It's been it's a red pill moment. Definitely a red pill. Like, I've, I've seeing a reason. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Well, we have it now. All right, everyone else is like not paying attention, so I'm gonna take this from here. No, um, uh, no, I found I wanted to say something, but then Porter started talking and he cut out. Uh, I didn't say anything. Oh, who said something? Nobody. Oh, I was my, muted. Then my thing glitched out, and I heard somebody's voice twice. Uh, no, head. I was I was scrolling through my Instagram today, and I saw someone posted a headline: "Panicked leftists surprised they can't just purchase a gun online like they were told." Huh? <laughs> is there people in California are. rushing to the gun store and realizing, wait, there's a 10 day waiting period? Wait, there's all these regulations? Wait, there's a yeah, waiting period on hard ammo? Firearms are the most heavily regulated consumer good in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been red-pilled to this. It's like that James Franco meme from uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's like, first time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so what did you want to say, Andrew? What's, uh, what's going on? Oh, I was just going to talk yeah. out my... Just say random stuff so until I... Talk, out, talk out your butt, man. Talk out your butt. Go ahead. I, I don't have anything to say now. Well, God fucking damn it, man. You're derailing the show. Shit. I'm blaming you. It, I always take the blame. It's okay. I'm Jesus on the cross. Fucking worship <laughs> me. Oh, my God. <laughs> How many people can I piss off this episode? <laughs> well, Porter, what was that tagline you did in like the first or the second or third episode? It was like, Insurrection Inc. We don't give a shit. <laughs> that was the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's going in one of the promo arts I'm going to make. That and uh, <laughs> how do ships move without roads? <laughs> Nobody's going to understand this one until next week. Is this going up first? Yeah. We're going to release out of order. Okay. It, it is getting released out of order. It's going, it's going first order. Who cares? They're being inter- the three people are being entertained. That's all that matters. <laughs> four. Come on. And they're going to oh, fuck really? a short bus. Yes. Four and a four. half. Four and a half. <laughs> yeah, there's one person who just listened to like half an episode quits. No, they're half time. a person. Davi's He's a midget? He barely counts. <laughs> yeah, that's Davi we're talking about. No, that's not a person at all. He's a child. Uh, no, we, we got a midget that listens to us. It's half yeah, a person. children aren't people. <laughs> Insurrection Inc. Children aren't people. Okay. I think oh, this man. has been a pretty good one. We're kind of nearing up on an hour now. Oh, I think quick, quick, could we mention no, the uh, bailouts and the feds? Oh, we oh. probably should cover that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got to talk about like, the all. Yeah, we got to talk about all the economic policies coming out do before you we finish it? off. Okay, yeah. I uh, know, Monty. Why don't you, or Stratty, you want to take this one and talk about like what the Fed is doing right now? Uh, Stratty's gone. Oh, <laughs> I don't have my glasses on, so I can't see who's on the screen. <laughs> Retard. Can you not read? 
He I'm said very, it in the chat. I'm very short-sighted, dude. My laptop is a good two and a half feet away from me. Well, how are you that short-sighted? What's wrong with you? I got negative 2.75 in both eyes. You know who else is short-sighted? The Federal Same. Reserve. <laughs> <laughs> they are. So, uh, Monty, why don't you take this? No, I... Maybe Porter or someone else should. I don't know enough to... I, I talk enough on this show, so somebody else take it. I mean, Jay, I know you know news. more about macroeconomics I the, uh... than I do, though. God fucking damn it. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's bouncing it atop potato. <laughs> I mean, I can go over what's actually <laughs> happened, potato. but Jay, someone else is going to have to go uh, Okay, so I'll, I'll just start with what's going on with the Fed and what they were proposing. So at first, Trump was bouncing around the idea of, uh, what was it, like pausing tax and doing a refund? Yeah. That would have been a Payroll holiday. That would have been great. Yeah. Stop stealing people's money and give it back. That's not like stimulus or anything. That's just returning oh, and what's speaking deserved of to people. All of the regulations that have been tossed aside because yeah. they are useless. Yeah, actually. Yeah, that's another one. Like so many states are like temporarily banning their uh or barring their price gouging laws. And doctors can work across state lines <laughs> now or something. Yeah, how is that ever yeah. fucking fuck the AMA? <laughs> fuck the AMA. You know, I had a tweet the other day. Um I think I say the other day, I think it was yesterday. Um <laughs> That is the yeah. other day. It was uh, quote tweeting uh, Governor Greg Abbott from Texas. He said he would lift any regulation that uh, that stood in the way of the re- the response to COVID nineteen. And I think the one he was talking about in his tweet was one that allows like trucks carrying alcohol, or it. it oh yeah, there are, yeah, Texas. I think. Carrying alcohol yeah, because from... in, in a lot of states, alcohol is like owned by the state. Yeah, and well, Pennsylvania has a lot of alcohol shops. Yeah. This regulation banned trucks carrying alcohol from carrying any other good at the same time, and he was lifting that regulation. And I said, "Surely Texas will fall into chaos at any moment now." Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah what, what did I respond? It was like a. I don't remember what you said. Gouging and a re. Oh yeah, I, I saw that. But uh, no, so if the if the federal government stopped collecting collecting tax for a few months and did a giant refund, that would be great for all these businesses that are currently suffering. But no, instead, they try to dump $1.5 trillion into the market. And they're doing more now. Like, every time they try to do something, they just, you know, it's a blank. They're shooting a blank. And then the market just go down more. You know, it gives it like an hour of relief. Yeah, because what does it do? It like gives it this temporary little bump that pushes up a couple hundred points, and then it keeps dropping like a fucking rock. Yeah, it is not the yeah. time to dump money. This you cannot dump money into this to save this. Yes. Last it's Thursday, a deflationary time. Yeah, yeah. Last Thursday afternoon and Friday morning, they dumped one point five trillion dollars into the stock market, which was more than China spent on its entire response to coronavirus. No, and all I would it did like was to... cause it, it caused an hour long dead cat bounce, and then it yeah. just kept going down. I would like to point out that 1.5 trillion is almost as much money as there is in circulation between physical cash and digital cash. There's like 4.5 trillion. So yeah, and I think fe- I... our federal debt already exceeds how much money there is in existence. This is so much of what I... we have in existence. It's almost as bad as 2008. Yeah, I was listening to Peter Schiff, and I think he said it. The amount of money they spent during the financial crisis in no way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's bigger. Yeah. So this is horrible. And then you have all these localities that are like forcing businesses to shut down. And I was having a discussion about this yesterday, and people were saying like, "Well, you know, that it's it's what you have to do." And this is where a temporary UBI comes into place. And I was telling them, "No UBI is temporary. Good luck giving people a thousand dollars a month and then trying to take that away." Yeah, and what, what good would that be? Dependent on it, and that 
you would be like stealing from people to take it away, which is just yeah, exactly. It would so it it would waste more than it gave, and also it prices would adjust. Yeah, and uh, also just forcing business down, forcing lockdowns, forcing quarantines. I would like to uh, bring up friend of the podcast Soul, who we're gonna have fun eventually one day. I don't know when. Uh, he he sent me a video. He sent a video to the group chat today, and I saw it on his Twitter retweeted about Miami Beach, which is about five ten minutes from where I live, where. They have a mandatory curfew and a they're limiting the amount of people that can be in any given area. Like they're limiting gatherings. And there are all these like spring breakers that are stuck here because they can't get a flight out. So they're still here and they're still, you know, they're still hanging around Miami Beach because that's the party place. What the fuck else are they gonna do? And these cops were like getting really forceful with them trying to get them to this bar. First, it starts with this asshole cop who was just cursing them out and like telling them, move the fuck on, get the fuck away from here. And he starts, he tries grabbing one of them as they're walking away. The guy pulls away because, like, he didn't do anything wrong. He's not doing anything illegal. So the cop tackles him. Like, four more of his buddies come and start dogpiling. And then there's this dude with a gun filled with rubber bullets that starts shooting at these, like, just these college students to get them to go away. Even one that was walking away, he's shooting at him. So, like, this is, this is the easy end of the stick. If there is anything forced, a forced shutdown, a forced lockdown, a forced quarantine, it will be more violent and forceful than this, and this is not a path anybody should want to go down. I think it'd be kind of fun. Not gonna lie. No, people would <laughs> Okay, Andrew. <laughs> it would be kind of fun. But, no, dude, and the economics are just what's going on right now. There's no trade. The Fed is dumping all this fake money into the economy. And the this bailout's coming. Bailout. They, they should let the these companies all- fail like they should have, in a way. It's not like uh, the uh, Peter Schiff was talking about this. It's like the airlines, if they go broke, it's not like the planes disappear. Someone just comes in, yeah. buys everything up, and they know to run it better because they know they're not going to get bailed out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, why, why throw all the small businesses under the bus? Why, why are they forced to go a month or two without any funds and without any help from it? I'm not saying that the government should go and give money to anyone, but the government is giving money to these big businesses to shut down that apparently can't go a month without profit. But all these small businesses, which from a family of small business owners, let me tell you, when you run your own business, you basically live paycheck to paycheck. You know, you live very tightly. For these people to go a month without any income because they're being forced to shut down, that could be the death of their business. And that could mean long-term financial trouble for them. And they're not getting any help. They're left out in the cold. Well, all the cronies, you know, they get their support throughout all of this. It's it's fucked. It's really fucked. Yeah, and I think we need to... Well, it's just like us libertarians have been opposing the bailouts forever now, and so... Yeah, nobody to see, to us. Yeah, it's like the, uh, you know, the uh, more left progressive types are like, oh, so the Fed can afford to do this, but they can't afford to cancel student debt. It's just like, no, they can't afford <laughs> to do any of it, and we oppose yeah, all of it. Yeah. While we're on the topic, we should also call out progressives for um, criticizing the bailouts, but not being consistent, because they're some of the ones saying, like, we should panic and shut down everything and force yeah. businesses to close. It's hard to say, like, no, you can't get a bailout. You have to be independent of the government. You don't deserve to live off of taxpayers, which independently, I agree with that argument. But then also say you have to shut down. Like, you can't force a business to shut down and then and say, are- no, you have to be independent 
that's not consistent. Yeah, and these are the yeah. champions of the of the small guys who are against all the big corporations, but then they say nothing but, about all these small businesses getting shut down. They're like, oh, that's good. This is good. This has to happen. But to be fair, companies and people should have savings, but again, there are oh, reasons why they don't because they're yeah, they've been dis- they've been disincentive. Yeah. Yes, right. And so many companies are. They're disincentivized from saving. They're taught in like public schools to have a high time preference. And everyone's and loaded so many on companies credit. are just debt zombies right now. Exactly. Of low interest rates. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's it's really it's a very fucked situation. Like this virus, whether you think it's a psyop or whether it's a bioweapon or whether it's just a really bad virus that came out of nowhere and really, it, it, regardless, it has set off this perfect storm of just tumbling down the house of cards that is our civilization. Because there are no strong building blocks for what we have right now. There's no savings. There's no community. There's no real money. There's nothing. People aren't allowed to like pretty much do anything without government permission. And the government can't handle this shit. They're horrible right. at this. People are stocking up on guns and supplies and the government's taking more power. We're headed yeah. towards something. We're creeping towards the edge. Yeah. Look, this is what the interesting times I've been hoping for my entire life. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's going to be a little fun. <laughs> when I say things are going to be fun, I, I'm just bored. Tired of the same old, same I was old. just about to say that. You're just <laughs> bored. I'm just <laughs> bored. Like, I'm not a collapsitarian. I'm just bored. <laughs> I don't <laughs> so want you're the, you're else. The worst, that. You're the worst kind of collapsitarian. <laughs> yeah. The one was like, yeah, bring on Mad Max. Bring on Fallout. I'm fucking bored. Give me a challenge. That's what I'm saying, bro. Life's too easy. Society- Western society is boring. You're you're well, one of those white man privilege really do be a real thing though. Not gonna lie, <laughs> you're, you're one of those fascists. Trying to play on hard like, mode. <laughs> yeah, like, we're, we're, where's ultra nightmares? Where's bad ultra- times? Bad times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create bad times. No, you're good times those- create bored men. Bored men create <laughs> fun times. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're the evolution of the meme. Yes, I'm the next step. The, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> humanity evolved. Oh man, but no, it, it's just a really, it, it's a really fucked scenario right now. And I have, I don't think any of us know what's going to come out of this, but we're all very scared of what's going to come out of this. Well, that's a good segue to introduce uh, another episode we have going to be recording at some point, the conspiracy yeah. one we talked about earlier. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's uh, what we're going to be doing. What do you think is going to happen? Talk about a conspiracy episode, so look out for that one. Yeah, Andrew and I have been going Andrew. on a very deep dive. I, I I have like three different theories that I've been looking at. Um, some of them more plausible than others. One of them is absolute like horse poo poo. So we'll see how that <laughs> yeah, goes. yeah, I'm pretty set on one that fits with my conspiracy theory type, which is like, oh uh, yeah, the government has very nefarious intent out of this, and they want to advance their power. Like that's the gist of most of my conspiracy theories. Andrew is going down some uh, mystery Babylon shit again. No, no, no. Well, no, 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 no. no. Sort of. <laughs> well, that in the vein. No, I had to think about it for a second, but no. Now you're like the pirate meme. Well, yes, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what movie that's from, Jay? If you don't, you're an uncultured swine. I know the I know the movie. I forgot the name. Uh, the Life of Pirates. No, it's not it. What's it? Then? What's the name of the movie? I don't remember. Shut the fuck <laughs> off! <laughs> I've seen it too. I don't remember it either. Yeah, like all I know is that it was a Pirates. great movie. It's not the Life of Pirates. So I'm think. gonna look it up right now. I think it's I'm the Life of Pirates. But anyway, uh, I think there's a good time to wrap up. So Stratty took the intro, but he's not here now. So, um, I guess you know. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for putting up with our lack of episodes lately. This coronavirus shit has really fucked with our schedules, and it's fucked with 
our ability to record. None of us are sick, but it's it's just been a mess societally. And it, We've been it's really productive recently, though. Yeah, this is the third episode we record in two days, three days. So, um, oh, third and a half. By the way, <laughs> the movie is The Pirates Band of Misfits. Is it? Is, you uncultured swine. Have, doesn't it have different names in like different countries. No, we live in the same country. No, but like it's a British movie, but some British movies have a different name. Why would they have a different name? I don't know, but whatever. Okay, you're right. You're right. Okay, there you go. Right. I'd like to hear. Fuck off. All right. You know. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you for. Yeah, it says on its Wikipedia, "The Pirates (laughs) in an Adventure with Scientists," released in North America, Australia, and New Zealand as the Pirates Band of Misfits. You don't cut it off now. No, no. That's it. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys later.